What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fantastic Reviews. On today's episode, we're going to be reviewing two television shows, one film and one podcast. Man, you might have heard of my other podcast that I also co-host, Inside the Crazy Ant Farm, where we discuss the latest news that's coming out of Hollywood, interviews, celebrity guests, box office predictions, the word of the day, and just so much more, guys. You can listen to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Of course, I want to say before all these reviews, this is a spoiler-filled review segment. So turn it off, go away if you do not want spoilers. Now today is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get started. The first thing we're going to be discussing today is the television show, the reboot, The Connors, the reboot from the reboot of Roseanne. Oh my goodness, guys. Everybody knows about the spinoff that got canceled because of... Her ambient incident. Everybody knows about that. It's still about the blue collar family. And if anyone hasn't started watching the Connors yet, they wouldn't know that they killed Roseanne off by an overdose. She was taking too much medication because she had a bad knee or some shit. And they killed her off from an overdose. The shit's crazy. I mean, Dan is still going through his stages of grief in this latest episode that I watched. So, I mean, that's pretty realistic. The acting is kind of subpar. I wouldn't. really say that it's the best Darlene and Jackie there and everybody just seems tired I don't know if it seems like everybody stepped away from that platform or that stage limelight for so long that it just didn't turn out good I do I don't know it like, like I said acting is pretty hit or miss it deals with social issues like religion LGBTQ politics all that different stuff there's some liberal stuff there's some right-wing stuff so i mean everybody has something that they can like in the show it can be very entertaining but sometimes it's eh. a lot of people on twitter are comparing it to two and a half men after charlie sheen got kicked off so i could see the similarity with that after roseanne gets fired or kicked off but eh, it's it's still not good. It's still not good. The tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 96%, but the average audience only gives it a 38, which I agree. It's eh, I I do not recommend this one. I give it a 2 out of 5, but if you want to go watch it, go ahead, but the ratings keep falling, so I don't see it lasting past this initial season. Some news about this one. Uh Sarah Chalk she is supposedly coming back to the show. She was the other daughter there for a while when, what's her face? Becky. Her name was Becky. She was the second Becky in the Roseanne series. And everybody saw how she came back in the reboot as she needed uh, a baby or someone to carry her baby. And that was the original Becky that was going to do that. But then she realized that... Becky was too old to carry a baby, so she left. She decided to say, no, I'm not giving you this money. But apparently she's coming back to the show, so that should be pretty interesting. But yeah, a lot of people say the show just isn't the show anymore without Roseanne. So it really seems like everybody's just a supporting character. They didn't really base it around one person. Like at the end, there, you know, the, the classic table pan around the table for the intro and outro that ends on Darlene and Dan but I mean neither one of them has like taken the star role so I don't know not really worth it for me like I said two out of five all right the next one on the list is the hate you give oh my goodness this is honestly one of the best movies that came out this year it's about a lower class family that lives in Garden Heights 
It's portrayed as mostly an African-American community. It also explains how the lower class community members have kind of like less of a chance of like going to college and getting a good job because the community or and all their surroundings don't want to succeed. So they go to selling drugs on the corner or just doing some illegal shit. But uh, obviously it's based on the girl after her friend got killed by a white cop. She starts to speak out and use her voice to protest and testify against him. Which, man, this movie is insane. You, it, It's really good at showing both sides. It also, a little back and forth though, because she goes to a prep school, and but they stay in Garden Heights. But after the killing of her friend, she tries to keep her head down at the prep school. She tries to not say much because she doesn't want people to think that she's just the lower class girl that's looking for attention because her friend died. It also is It's good at showing that how... Sometimes when you're there's a good protest going on that emotions can sometimes get out of hand and actions or steps are taken to de-escalate the situation on the police officer's half. It really does show both sides, the officer and the victim, but uh, shows that the world is very complicated and that we all just need to sit down and discuss the situations as they happen and treat them as their own individual situations. But really, great acting. I loved the relationship between the main character and the dad. And Common was great, too. A great social message movie. It's a lot like the... I compare it to The Black Klansman, another great social message movie that also came out this year, which we gave a 5 out of 5 on Is It Worth It? The Tomato Meter gives The Hate You Give 96%. I completely agree with that. And the audience gives it a 76, which I can see why they would give it a 76, but I think it deserves more. Some news about this movie. I don't know if anyone else saw, but the screenplay writer for this film died like a day before the opening of the film. So that is just really sad because this movie is really good. I give it a 5 out of 5. Everyone should definitely go watch this film. Now going back to the television side of things, let's talk about Riverdale Season 3. Okay guys, if you've seen Riverdale Season 2 finale, you know that Archie ends up in jail and you know that some cult shit is going down with this game, Griffith and Gargoyles game. I hate this storyline. I'm just going to say it flat out right now. I hate this storyline. I love the show, but I hate this freaking storyline. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that throughout this review. I don't know, man. I just feel like it's really cheesy. It really makes the actors look bad because I feel like the writing for this storyline is just really cheesy, like I said. Uh, But I like how they try different stuff, like the musical episode and how the characters played their parents in the show. I I will say I like how they're trying different things that will stand out from their competitors. So, I mean, it's more funny than anything else, though, to be honest. Like, the musical episode, I was surprised that they could all sing, to be honest, but it, and especially the episode where they're acting as their parents, I feel like that it just made them look bad. It made the actors look bad. Just mm, did not like it. And it's... It looks like Jughead has gone completely off the deep end, getting obsessed with this game. If you watch Riverdale, you know that it's always a mystery. They're trying to solve some sort of mystery, and right now they're discovering the Griffith and Gargoyles and the 
gargoyle king or whatever. So, mm, he's obsessed. I don't like it. Not good. Just, mm. And now, this latest episode, as you know, Archie is in prison, like, doing this prison fight club shit, which I like that part of the story, but I think it's just because it's so different than everybody playing the game. So, I think that's the only reason. But now, since Archie broke out of jail this last episode, what's he gonna do? Just hang out in this bunker and play the game? I don't know. Because when he was playing his dad, he was the the knight or whatever. So that's probably what he's going to be if he starts playing the game. And shit's just going to get crazy. I just hope this, this Chilling Adventures of Sabrina crossover happens soon. Because, like I said on last week's review, I'm ready for the storyline to be over. The tomato meter gives this one a 93%. The audience gives it a 67 In which, I agree with the audience one wholeheartedly. 67 that's definitely where it's at. But I'm still sticking around. Right now, I give it a 3 out of 5, but I'm still sticking around. I'm hoping the storyline gets better. But just like I said, right now, I'm just not feeling it. Not feeling it. And we had a very special guest on our show inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We had Alvin Sanders, a.k.a. Pop, from Riverdale on our show. And man, he was a great conversation. Go back and listen to that. Spotify, Google Play Music, or Apple Podcasts. Alvin Sanders... Thank you again for being on Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. And has anyone else noticed the progression of loss of clothes in this show? Like, at the beginning, season one, everybody kept their clothes on. But when everything just started to escalate, beginning of season two, okay, there's like a sex shower scene. And then there's like basically a couple swap with, what's his face, Archie and... And Jughead and Veronica and Betty, like, they swapped because everybody was cheating on each other. So what the hell is going on? It's just, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. Y'all need Jesus. Y'all don't need this game. Y'all need Jesus. Alright, time for the fourth and final thing. The first ever podcast I've ever reviewed on any sorts of platform. Couples Therapy with Casey Neistat and Candace Neistat. This podcast is awesome. I really like it. It's great because it shows a real relationship and people trying to figure out their struggles and this is basically like their therapy they talk through their struggles casey neistat i know some of you know is like a youtube sensation his wife is also a self-starter she started her own clothing and merchandising line billy which they live in nyc so it's pretty easy to do that she's got her own space and you know he's got his own space with 368 so they're just a whole bunch of creators and now they have two kids and that's basically what a lot of the podcast is about is them talking about their two kids and constantly like battling back and forth on how to raise their child or they never really get crazy when they're arguing but i will admit there have been some times where i felt awkward listening to the conversation because it does get a little heated and like two different occasions are two separate occasions it's gotten a little heated where i was like "Ooh, should i turn this off like should i leave the room uh give you guys a little little time a little space but it's pretty good they they approach it like face to face they they approach their problems head on they know why they fight they know why their, their pressure points are their pressure points so it's pretty good that they have a pretty civil union to talk out their drama and talk out their childness childishness but it's pretty good i i like it i wish that they were more consistent though 
because at the beginning Casey said that they were going to put it out like every Friday but like they skip Fridays and then a month goes by and it's just like what the hell is this like never coming back on and I know a lot of people ask him about it because he's huge on social media and I see that all the time where's couples therapy where's couples therapy but they are really two busy individuals both self-starting creators so it's understandable but Everybody wants to hear it, guys. Put it back out. Put it back out. But yeah, I I really enjoy this podcast, especially if you're in a relationship and trying to just figure out your guys' shit. I definitely recommend listening to it with your significant other. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like learning for your ears in podcast form. Listen. <laughs> but I give this one a 4 out of 5 because... They are still learning. They're still like building on what they want it to be, trying different shit. They took criticism from another podcaster in which they took it to heart and they agreed with it. So they started doing the things and pointers that the other podcast person told them to do. And I mean, I think it's worked out pretty good so far. And I know it's also hosted by Anchor. We love Anchor because it's like the easiest way to make a podcast and put your podcast on all the platforms. So Really appreciate that. That's actually where I figured out where to get Anchor was through that podcast. So thank you, Couples Therapy, for this. But yeah, I definitely recommend it. Four out of five. It's a lot of fun. Go listen. All right, that is all I have for you guys this week. Thank you guys for coming along for this journey. It's always a lot of fun. The first episode went over really well. I'm glad it went over really well because I'm having a lot of fun doing these. I have a lot of fun just researching these shows. It's just amazing. You guys can follow me on social media everywhere at JLoFantastic. And make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Rate it. All that good shit. And also like and listen and subscribe to Inside the Crazy Ant Farm on Google Play Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, where we interview the latest celebrity guests, industry news, box office predictions, and so much more, guys. Come get crazy with us on Friday nights. It's so much freaking fun. Everybody, stay crazy, my friends. See y'all later.